about two years ago. About two years ago, I got the news that a flight that I was supposed to be on, uh, this was about March, I want to say the 14th or not, maybe the 11th, uh, a leg of the trip was canceled. That leg was from, uh, I think it was either Stuttgart or Munich to Tel Aviv. It was canceled. Um, well, if you remember, that's just about the time when the COVID epidemic broke out, when things started shutting down. So they shut down this um, part of the flight. So I got to thinking, well, wait a minute. Uh, what if I am over there and they shut down a leg of the flight and I'm stuck over there? I didn't like that idea. So I soon got news that other legs of the flight were being shut down. Then the whole trip was canceled. So I came that close within a, a few days of going to Jerusalem, but I didn't make it. I never got to Jerusalem. It was going to be a, a trip that was a hiking trip. Uh, I had to train for it, actually. So it was all ready to go, and it all disappeared. But that's okay. I, they did refund my money. I'm glad it, it, I was able to scrape money together. I was glad they refunded it. Everything was okay that way. Nevertheless, so that's what we're talking about this morning. This man, Daniel, wants to go to Jerusalem in the worst way. He wants to go to Jerusalem because that's where it's happening in Jerusalem. I'm going to have to get... Excuse me just a minute. So today I have the privilege to talk about this prayer of Daniel. It has to be a model prayer. It has to be one of the great prayers in all the scripture. And it's wedged in between these two passages right after Daniel 8. You should read about what the end of Daniel 8 looks like. It's a disaster. It talks about this little horn, about the, the havoc he's going to reach, uh, wreak on the people of God. Daniel knows that there's bad news ahead for the people of God. He knows that way on. Before that is Daniel 7 with the Son of Man and the, uh, the massive amount of people following the Son of Man as he presents them before the Ancient of Days in Daniel 7, the great famous Son of Man passage. He knows that. He's well aware of that. He's shaken by these things. He knows that's eventually going to happen. But in the meantime, it's going to be very difficult. Daniel's upset. And so now he just prays. Daniel's just a different kind of a person. And there he is in the first year of Darius, the king, um, and he repeats that. It's a book, Daniel's a book about numbers, isn't it? So right between this, this 
vision of, of Daniel. And then uh, at the end, there's judgment and all that. Daniel's on his knees. So he says, in the first year of, of, of Darius, then he says it again, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, observed in the book of uh, the number of the years which were revealed as, as, as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet for the completion of the desolations of Jerusalem, that is, 70 years. 70 years is set by itself. It's stressed. And sure enough, um, Daniel's taken captive around 606 B.C. Uh, add 70 years to that, well, you get to about 539 B.C. Not that difficult. That's when Cyrus gives his decree to send the Jews back to Israel, to, to Jerusalem. That's where we're going to get there. But you know, I don't think Daniel ever really made it back to Jerusalem. And that's sad, uh, but that's okay. I'm sure he would say that's, that's okay in hindsight. Um, all right. So, so, my brother was praying earlier about knowing that we're sinners. And this is what Daniel does. Daniel has a good idea of who God is and who he is. And who he is. That God is way up there. And we are way down there, down here. And only if you have that contrast between God and man, Daniel realizes he is not God. Sounds simple, but I think that's our main problem, not realizing that we're not God. Only when there is this drastic gulf between God and man can the story of Daniel take place, can the power of God be unleashed. And what does he do? Daniel reiterates Deuteronomy chapter 28. He prays back the word of God to God himself. Always a good idea to do that, I think. Let me just read a little bit of Deuteronomy 28. Called the... Uh, the basis of covenantal history. It says... Now it shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord, um, huh? being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will uh, set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. If, if, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed you shall be in the country, blessed shall be the, the offspring of your body and the produce of, your, of the ground, of your ground and the offspring of your beasts, the increase of your herd, and the young of your flock. Uh, sounds like the health, wealth gospel in the Old Testament, doesn't it? But then what if you don't? Much longer list if you don't. And what happens in the end? You'll be thrown out of the land just the way uh, Adam and Eve were thrown out of the Garden of Eden. Guaranteed. So Daniel is reiterating this history of Israel uh to God, not to the Israelites. He's saying, God, you are correct in this. You're right all the way. Again, you're God, I'm man. You're totally wise, I'm totally foolish. Right? This is, this is Daniel. And you'll say, well, what did Daniel, what could Daniel have done? Can you think of any? I said to one of my friends talking about Daniel confessing his sin. Look at all of the confession of sin in this. 
Um, well, you look at Moses. We know Moses had some, some rough times. But we have more of Moses to look at. Daniel, it's, it's just not as long a book, right? Nevertheless, uh, Daniel knows uh, that there are plenty of things that he can confess about. There's, but look at my life. There's pride, just what we were talking about earlier. There's, there are these little things, these being irritated with people when I shouldn't be, and I know it. Um, so I've been really convicted about taking this confession of sin more seriously. And my tablet keeps going out here. We know that he's praying according to the will of God, right? It says, if we pray according to the will of God, we know that we have the requests that we ask of him. How is he praying the, according to the will of God? Because it says it right there. 70 years and you're back in Jerusalem. There's the next question. If you were reading that, if you were Daniel, wouldn't you just say, well, in 70 years it's in. Calculate from 606 and add 70 years to it um, or subtract 76 years from, 70 years from it and we're in, it's party time. Right? It's done. It's a done deal. What's there to do? What does Daniel do? Look what he does. So I gave my attention to the Lord. I gave my face to the Lord to seek him by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Why does he do that? Why bother doing that? But he knows God is different. He knows there's along with the sovereign God. He wants our action too. In fact, I'm going to say that this, this text is how Israel got back to Jerusalem because Daniel prayed, right? If we don't speak to somebody, God wants, yes, God is sovereign, no doubt about that. Totally sovereign all over all these events. Yet he wants our action. And in fact, if we're looking at Daniel, he wants our crazy action. Daniel goes to this crazy praying session. In fact, it even says, and I sought for prayer. A little confusing about what the language is. What do you mean I sought prayer? Did, I, did he seek to be in a, a prayer trance? Something like that? Did he seek to know what prayer is uh, really a higher level of prayer in the presence of God? Maybe so. It's a confusing text. So he takes it really seriously. He's saying, look, if I don't do this, it's not going to happen. And yet he knows there's the promise. And here's where faith comes in. This is in the bag. I have this. It's like he's laying something out. He's laying the text out before God on a table and saying, you know you have to do this. Nevertheless, he prays like this. That to me is just incredible. So I gave my faith to the Lord. Yes, uh, he confesses his sins and the sins of his people, right? Um, and yet he's bold. There's that paradox, right? We know that we deserve nothing from God. God, you're the righteous one. We're the sinners. We know that. And yet he has this boldness. Yet I know, Lord, that's faith. I know you're obligated to do that. And I'm going to get you to do that. I'm going to sell you on this.
Sounds like the Lord's Prayer, doesn't it? That's why I had that read. And in fact, it has this, you know, Jesus was always, I'm sure, saturated with the Scriptures. That's what he thought about. He wasn't thinking about Eagles games, right? He's thinking about what the, uh, you know, what he's thinking about. So, um, doesn't it sound, you see this repetition. There's like three and four things. I saw it, right? I saw it. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Maybe he's thinking about this prayer of Daniel. It's a reach, but we'll go with that. Still the, the aggressiveness uh, of this prayer. Like the shameless woman in Luke chapter 8 goes to the righteous, unrighteous judge and says, uh, give, me, give me justice. He says, if I don't give it to her, she's going to wear me out. She won't leave me alone. And that's what Daniel's doing here. Um, he's fasting. Fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Why is he fast? Because that's what they did. Well, we could do that too. But the sackcloth and ashes, I think it's about death. I, th- I, th- I think he's saying, um, when you don't eat, you can't survive. And the ashes are definitely a symbol of death. When I'm dead, that's when God can live. That's when God can make me alive. That's when God can really uh, uh, do, do amazing things. We just, uh, in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, I'm going to say that it's not good. By the way, I don't know what sackcloth is. Anybody know what sackcloth is? I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe grave clothing? I have no, no clue. Haven't, didn't have time to look it up. It's not good not to be hungry. Talking about fasting a little bit. Not good not to be hungry. Doesn't Jesus say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? Yeah, they'll be satisfied. If you're not hungry, that means you're not going to be satisfied. It's good to be hungry about stuff. Hungry for the right things, right? Hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's when you're satisfied. That's a great paradox, isn't it? So we're in this continual state of, of being hungry and yet being satisfied. Isn't God beyond all our wisdom? So, he's fasting. Hunger drives you to prayer. Uh, I don't know if you remember the old uh, musical Oklahoma. I've got the happiest feeling. Everything's going my way. It's not good when everything's going your way. Look what happens with Daniel. He's not in Jerusalem. He's not fat and sassy in uh, in Babylon somewhere. He's sweating it out in, in Susa, maybe, or one of these in Babylon. And that's where it all happens. Daniel, this solitary figure in a pagan world, totally pagan world. This is Babylon we're talking about. Uh, it's got to be just like it is here, or worse. We're living in Babylon, right? The solitary figure. How does he do this? Um, I was in um, Florida years ago, and they got me to go to Hershey Park, not Hershey Park, um, Disneyland, okay? And they said, come on on this ride. It's no big deal. Okay, all right, talk me into it. Well, I go under the, bo- under the ride, and the floor drops out. <laughs> four, 
four stories down, there's this jolt. Oh, man, I'll never go on that again. Why'd you tell me it was, it was no big deal? It's a huge deal. Well, that's the drop. The great, we, we go from the great God who guards his covenant. Uh, no matter what happens, he will ultimately, ultimately make his covenant work. But then we have the drop. And he just says this. We have sinned. We have sinned. That just stands out. That text stands out. Committed iniquity. Here are these, this list again. Committed iniquity. Committed iniquity acted wickedly, rebelled, turning aside. There's a four thing again, going through Daniel. This pattern of four, right? That's with the prayer. Prayer, supplication, um, uh, with fasting, etc. That's five, but it's, but it's close, all right? We have sinned, okay? Now, again, how did Daniel sin? He sins... As a representative, you know, I I do not like being blamed for what someone else does. I don't like that. I never have liked that. It happens in life, doesn't it? You're the whipping boy. That's just what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. But after a while, I learned to just shut up about it and take that as a good thing. Who else did that? Jesus did that on the cross, didn't he? That's what Daniel does. What did Daniel do that was so awful? And he talks about uh, your people, um, you know, uh, who were, right, uh, the kings, the princes and all, and I'm included in that. And I take the blame for that. But he can't take the blame for, for the kings and the judges back in the past, can he? He can't possibly take the blame for that. And yet that's just what Christ does. So Daniel, I'm going to say, it's a little foreshadowing, a little picture of Jesus. He looks to be perfectly righteous, doesn't he? I think he's made to look that way. We don't see any chinks in the armor of Daniel, just like Christ had no chinks in his armor. And and yet he takes the blame uh, for all that stuff. So, Daniel prays for the whole gang. Daniel is the covenant mediator. He's going to pray for everybody, include himself in that prayer. Like Moses. Moses says, if you don't go with me, God, then forget it. Blot me out of the book of, uh, my, the book of life if you're going to wipe these, these people out. Because I am their covenant representative, their covenant mediator, like Moses, like Samuel, like Ezra, same thing. They intermarry with other people. He tears his clothes, sackcloth and ashes, the same thing. That's us, Lord. A picture of the sinless Christ is what Daniel is here. Um, Do we have people that we need to be the covenant mediators for? I think we do, don't we? It's a lot of people that are in our circle that we can pray for, that we can try to make contact with, that we can try to win through Christ. So, uh, it says, here's a a very strange thing. It says, 
Above all this, you did not soften the face of the Lord. You didn't turn to the Lord. Which verse is that now? Uh, what does it mean to soften the face of God? You didn't sell God. That's what Daniel's doing. He's saying, you're the ultimate. Uh, you're righteous. You're perfect. And we're down here. And, you know, I've always been the worst salesman in the world. In the world, I can find a way not to sell someone, something to someone. Every, it seems like every time. But, you know, we're called to be salesmen. And he's, we're, it says, he who is wise wins souls. We win souls by persuading God, by seeking God, by intense seeking God. And relentless, not giving up, seeking God. Not being repetitive. Prayer can be repetitive. Prayer is repetitive, I'm going to say this, but not repetitious. Repetitive, but not repetitious. You've got to keep on praying, right? You can't give up. Like that the widow in, uh, in Luke chapter 18. So, what, the, the thing they didn't do, he says, after all this, after being brought out of Jerusalem, now for going on seven years, after all this hard time, by the way, it's getting better there, after all this hard time not being in Jerusalem, you don't turn away from your sin. How can that be? He says, you've, you've failed to repent. And that's the way it always is, isn't it? It's very difficult to change, is it not? These guys who write textbooks in high schools about evolution, you think you could go to them, well, they write high school textbooks, you think you'd go to them and say, you know, you're, you're wrong on this point, you should revise your textbook. Do you think they're going to revise the textbook, textbook because of that? There's no way. They've invested a lot in that. They have reputations at stake. They don't want to change. But you know, it's me too. I don't want to change. I want to keep it the way it is. It's, you, you can calculate it, right? It's, it's predictable. There's predictability in it. But faith, even though God is saying, look, you change, you turn to me, it's going to be much better. It's going to be difficult. I'm not saying it's not going to be difficult. Just saw a saying on uh, on a wall in a high school where I substitute teach. It says, uh, "I'm not saying it won't be difficult, but I am saying it'll be worth it." Right? I'm not saying it won't be difficult. That change won't be difficult. I'm not saying that, but I am saying it's going to be worth it. You have to soften the face of God. This is what, what he faults them for. You didn't soften the face of God. What does that mean? Whining, pleading like Daniel does in the face of God to change his mind, to sell him on that over and over again. I had a guy, we were in Germany, and uh, we were moving some furniture into our, our place. His name was Horst. He had a wife, Hannah. They're Germans. And uh, we had to park our, our van or wherever it was on the street. We just don't do that in Germany, right? It's, it's all orderly. Everything's, there's no trash on the streets in Germany. It's, uh, it's all orderly. So a bus goes by. He can turn us in. 
I remember a horse going, just like this, you know? Pleading with him, give us a break. Soften your face. That's what it's about. This is about relationship with God. This is about arguing with God sometimes. This is about pleading with God. Not so much the mechanical prayer. Does he pray like this all the time? Probably not. There's praise, but when the crunch comes, we need to seek God. Seek God in the Word. Look what he does. He's familiar. He knows uh, everything he has at this point. He knows the Pentateuch. He can talk all about that. He studies it. He's a scholar. Um, he knows about, the, about Jeremiah. Likely Isaiah is written by that time. He likely has studied Isaiah. He keeps in the Word. There's no prayer without the Word. Um, it says, <clears throat> With all my heart, I have sought you. Don't let me wander from your commandments. With all my heart, I have sought you. Please don't let me wander from your commandments. It's so great to read Psalm 119. That comes from Psalm 119, uh, verse 8 or 9, something like that. All right. So, we are on the way to Jerusalem, but the way to Jerusalem is by seeking God with our whole hearts. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for Daniel, for the book of Daniel, uh, and all it's meant to me, I pray that we would be able to grow in our, our prayer lives, uh, and we pray for your blessing on the rest of this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.